This is episode one of Your Voice in Wrestling, taking a look at WWE Payback. You got your rules and your religion, all designed to keep you safe. But when rules start getting broken, you start questioning your faith. I have a voice that... Hey folks, and now we are here to take a look at WWE Payback. Uh, we're going to start by looking at the pregame show. They started off the pregame with R-Truth facing off against Stardust. A pretty good back-and-forth match they had there. Uh, in the end, however, Stardust got himself a little over-eager, over-cocky, pulled off the glove, started smacking R-Truth around, and then R-Truth basically fires up, reverses it, and gets the pinfall over him. Not really sure what this does for R-Truth, who hasn't seemed to be on much of a rise lately. But a little sad to see Stardust not, like getting the limelight I think he deserves on this. Uh, after that, we had a second match on the pre-show, and I didn't know we were going to expect either one of these, so these were both pleasant surprises to me, was we had the Ascension face-off with the Mega Powers. Mega Powers at this point being Axelmania and Damien Macho Mandow, which is pretty awesome. Um, I have to say that Sandow coming out in his second variation on the Macho Man attire, this time with the uh, stars on his cape as he came out, so we, he's actually following through all the variations that Savage used to do. And then we have Curtis Axel come out too. We did get Real American. He had the blonde goatee, he had the bandana, he had some really, really hideous extensions coming out from behind the bandana. And they faced off against the Ascension. Uh, this match, I thought, went really good. It was a sort of fun back-and-forth match. It, well, it was not a great technical match. It was a fun match, though. Uh, in the end, uh, they hit all of their big spots. So you have um, Curtis Axel hulking up. He hits the big boot. He hits the leg drop. It gets broken up by the other member of the Ascension. Um... Sandow comes in, he hits a couple of really great double axe handles, he does the sort of jumping over the top rope, sort of neck break, neck breaker style move, gets in, sets up for the elbow drop, the ascension break it up, and in the end, uh, Damian Mandow gets hit by, or Macho Mandow, gets hit by the fall of Mandow, as the ring announcers uh, pro proclaimed it to be. And the Ascension picks up the win. I'm not sure what this does, because I, I like the idea of the Ascension coming out and being like, you guys are nothing more than ripping off 80s tag teams. And everyone looks at them and goes, um, are you the Legion of Doom or are you Demolition? Which one are you supposed to be? I love that, and the fact that they are the ones coming out and challenging Curtis Axel and Damien Sandow for their 80s nostalgia gimmick. So I thought that was really cool. I'm not sure where we go from here. Uh, hopefully we see this breathe a little bit more life into the Ascension or Sandow and Axelmania. I'd really like to see that happen. Heck, I'd like to see one more person. I'd like to see what I think of the Holy Trinity of the 80s being Hogan, Savage, and the Warrior, but it might be too soon to do any sort of warrior-type gimmick. Okay, then we're going to get to the pay-per-view proper payback. Uh, our first match of the night was Dolph Ziggler facing off with Sheamus. And this was a pretty brutal back-and-forth match. Um, 
I've always liked Seamus better as a heel. I think he's great as the guy who basically comes in and he's going to, like, kick the hell out of you. Um, and he filled that role really well. Uh, Ziggler f- played an amazing role in this, of basically being the underdog and fighting over, and trying to fighting to overcome. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Seamus does get the win at the end with the bro kick, Shortly after Ziggler uh, hits this really nasty headbutt and, like, split his own head open, I was reading he had eight stitches, according to some of the pictures they're showing up on Twitter at this point. So I'm not sure if that caused the match to end early. I'm sort of assuming it did, because he hit that headbutt, he's bleeding, like, think Rick. if you haven't seen the pay-per-view, folks, think, like, Ric Flair in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. He bleeds like that. But then, like, probably within... 30 seconds of him hitting that headbutt, uh, Seamus takes his head off with the road kick. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Seamus getting the win here. Um, I don't really dig the new look unless he's out there promoting WWE Immortals, which they started talking about the match after this, so I'm like, you missed your chance. Uh, the match after this was the 2 out of 3 falls match for the tag team titles, with the New Day facing off against Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. And Natalia looking amazing in her cat suit as usual. Um, this was a really good match. I <clears throat> enjoy these guys. I enjoy everyone involved in both of these teams and watching them wrestle. Uh, this time around, it was Kofi Kingston and Big E representing the New Day. Just a really great back and forth matches. Uh, all three falls for these guys. Uh, the last fall came about when Kofi Kingston was the legal man, but he basically gets rolled out of the ring. Uh, Xavier Woods takes off his vest, rolls into the ring, rolls up, I believe it was Tyson Kidd at that point, and all the referee can see is the tights, the boots, and him basically holding him down. He gets the three count and immediately rolls out of the ring, so the referee never gets to see actually who was making the pinfall. And the New Day retains the tag team titles. This is a really sort of weird thing. Um, there's weird overtones of race in this at this point that... I don't know. It was just a very strange thing to see. Especially when they did it in Baltimore, of all places. But someone else pointed out that... Um, I believe Cole kept switching Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods' names on Raw, so maybe they were setting this up. I really don't know. That was a strange thing to see. But uh, we'll have to wait till Raw on Monday and sort of see if they address this and talk about it or not. Uh, until then, like it was a good match. Strange ending. Uh, we followed this one up by Bray Wyatt taking on Ryback. I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I have not been the biggest fan of Ryback. I think I don't like the indestructible sort of monsters. Especially if you're a face. If you're a heel, I think it works like old school Kane, I think was amazing. But Ryback being sort of the machine, I'm not digging so much. But that being said, I did enjoy this match. I enjoyed the confrontation between Bray Wyatt and Ryback. Uh, I like the fact there's a back-and-forth match, that it didn't quite seem to be the, the unstoppable Ryback versus Bray Wyatt. 
in the end, uh, I guess when Ryback hoisted up Bray Wyatt, he actually managed to pull the turnbuckle cover off. So then he sort of squirms out of that, slams Bray Wyatt into the exposed turnbuckle, hits Sister Abigail, and gets the one, two, three. I'm liking this. This is sort of Bray Wyatt coming back. We're sort of reestablishing Bray Wyatt post his defeat of The Undertaker. I don't think his defeat of The Undertaker... I don't think being defeated by The Undertaker at WrestleMania took anything away from him, but I know a lot of people feel like he needs to be rebuilt. I think the fact that he faced The Undertaker and brought him out of retirement, so to speak, spoke uh, volumes about that. Uh, Next up, we have... The match that I think a lot of people were looking forward to with a lot of hesitation at the same time. We had John Cena versus Rusev in an I Quit match for the U.S. title. There was a lot of ways this match could have gone. And, you know, it really didn't quite go the way I was expecting it. What I was expecting is the number of times John Cena has said I Quit in a promo over the past several weeks. I was expecting at some point... The referee shoves the mic in his face, and you just hear the I quit, I quit, I quit, just like uh, Rock Foley back in the day. But we didn't get that. What we got was Rusev looked like an absolute monster in this match. Like, I'm going to say the first five, ten minutes of this was all of Rusev basically hitting big moves and having the ref check on Cena with like, hey, do you give up? Uh, they brawl over to one of the tech tables. Uh, unfortunately, they go to put Cena through one of the tables, and it just doesn't break. And it was that was a brutal thing to see because Rusev went to sort of hit that Alabama slam on him and didn't have the momentum to get him over all the way. And but the two of them just like put their heart and soul into it at that point. And when that could have killed the match, they overcame that. They kept going. They kept brawling through that area. Laptops and TVs were thrown around and destroyed. Like, looking at the kind of stuff they were swinging at each other, I have a feeling that there's probably technical aspects of the show that were probably putting jeopardy by the technology they were destroying over there. Uh, Then Rusev discovers the button that pushes the pyro off. And I was really looking forward to seeing him, like, slam Rusev, or have him have Rusev slam Cena onto the stage on top of the pyro, and just sit there with the button in his hand and be like, do you quit? Go ahead, tell me you quit. But shortly after that, we have uh, Cena actually pick up Rusev, and he slams him behind the LED screen, where we now have seen the pyro was after Rusev pushed the button. And... Well, Rusev is hidden from our sight, we see all sorts of pyro go off, and then Rusev's rolling around, writhing in pain and agony. Still refuses to give up. I'm like, that's pretty badass at that point. You're a step. It's a little bit of a suspension of disbelief, but you're establishing, like, being hit by pyro is not going to stop this guy. Uh, they brawl back into the ring. Uh, Rusev locks the accolade on him. And at that point, uh, Cena passes out, and you get the whole, like, Rusev starts celebrating. He's like, hey, I've won this. And the ref's like, uh-uh, he didn't, he didn't say I quit. Which sort of brings back uh, a, lot of, a lot of people on Twitter are talking about uh, Austin versus Bret Hart. And how Austin didn't give up. Was it Austin? Well, they didn't give up, but he passed out in the sharpshooter. And it's just... Uh, 
I don't know, it's the inconsistency in the rules of wrestling. So this was not the most consistent ruling, but I liked it. This actually added a lot to the later half of the match. So you've got Rusev who then gets out of the ring, grabs the water, trying to wake Cena up, and with his bare hands pulls the uh, the turnbuckle off the ring post. He's over there. I, I know you set it up with a wrench and you spin the, the doohickey between the turnbuckle and the post. He takes it apart with his bare hands. He goes to hit Cena with it. Cena, unfortunately, ducks it, picks him up, hits the attitude adjustment, uh, followed by locking on the STF with the ring rope across Rusev's face. Rusev starts saying a whole bunch of things in a language that most of us do not speak. So the referee looks confused. Cena looks confused. Lana gets into the ring and basically says, "It's a, he quits, he quits, he quits. And at that point, the match is over. Cena retains his title. So the real question becomes, did he actually quit? What did he say? I don't speak Russian or Bulgarian, so if anyone here can let me know what was said during that segment, that would be awesome. I have a feeling we will find out, however, on Raw about that. Uh, after this match, we had uh, Naomi and Tamina took on the Bella Twins. Uh, this is a, once again, a much better match than I was expecting, and sort of the theme of the night. Um... Bella Twins seemed to have sort of new attire. It was the same style as their previous one, but a little bit more unified between the two of them. It wasn't Brie out there sort of in the shiny vinyl and Nikki and more of the spandex. They had sort of a unified look between the two of them. Uh, good back and forth match. Uh, Naomi does get the pin after on Nikki, who was on the top rope, but on the outside, Tamina slammed Brie into the ringside barrier. At which point, Nikki gets distracted. Naomi tosses Nikki off the top rope and gets the pinfall. So I'm guessing that's putting Naomi in a Divas title spot. We'll have to see from here on out what happens. Uh, match after that was uh, Neville took on King Barrett. Strange match. Once again, I didn't know this one was on the card. I wasn't expecting it. I'm going to have to actually go back and look if this one was added last minute or not. Um, these two put on a hell of a match. Uh, the classic story of speed versus strength. Uh, Neville flying all over the ring. Barrett basically trying to ground and pound. Um, they both wind up outside the ring and basically the rest making his count. Neville gets back in. Barrett's almost back into the ring at the nine count, and then he basically says, you know what, I'm out. I don't need to do this. And a lot of people didn't like that, and I was just, I thought that was perfect. There's nothing on the line, there's no titles on the line, and he's just got the type of condescending attitude at this point that's like, you know what, I don't need to do this. At which point, Neville gets the win. Neville starts uh, his little post-win celebration in the ring, gets jumped by Barrett. Uh, Barrett tries to lay a beat down on him, but fails, and in the end, uh, Neville actually hits the red arrow, and he's standing tall. So I'm guessing this is sort of going to be part of the setup for the whole IC title bit for Elimination Chamber. But, um, I don't know, we'll have to see. Our final match of the evening was a fatal four-way with uh, Ambrose versus Rollins versus Reigns versus Orton uh, for the WWE World Heavyweight title. And if 
if Rollins does not retain the title, uh, Kane will no longer be the director of operations. Uh, so we have all four guys in this match with J&J Security and Kane at ringside. So basically for most of this match, you've got J&J Security and Kane at the beck and call of Rollins, trying to basically save him from losing his titles, keep Kane from losing his job. Um, they had a lot of great back and forth spots in this. We had a lot of uh, Reigns and Ambrose sort of working well together. The crowd still doesn't like Reigns. That's okay. They don't have to. Um, I'm not sure... The pay-per-view crowds don't seem to like Reigns. When you're actually... The, the Raw crowds, I feel like they like him a bit better. But the pay-per-views were to your harder core audience. But we'll have to see in the end. Uh, one of my favorite spots is they're all brawling on the outside... Uh, Orton cleared off the announce table, but then he gets his ass kicked, and you've got all three members of the Shield looking at him. You get that little pause. At all three of them look at each other. Little nod. Boost him up. Triple power bomb through the announce table. Really awesome spot. Rollins holds out his fist like, hey guys, we got this. No, 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 they don't. So they go back and turn on each other again at that point. There is no shield reunion beyond the single triple power bomb. But uh, at that point, once again, every man for himself. Some great stuff with uh, Ambrose and Reigns. Uh, in the end, Rollins does pick up the win with the pedigree on Orton. And I know a lot of people are, oh my god, he has so many cool moves. Bring back the curb stomp. Let him do the Phoenix Splash. Uh, what happened to the double arm DDT? But, uh, no, he hits the pedigree. And he retains his title. And as he's crawl basically backing up the entrance ramp, like the cowardly heel that he is, Triple H comes out, pats him on the chest like, hey, good job, kid. And here's what I think about all that. I think that... Rollins at this point. Everyone knows he's the quote-unquote chosen one, he's best for business, and everyone sort of put that little stamp of corporate approval on him. But Triple H handing him the pedigree I think just sort of rubs a little bit extra salt in that wound, and I think that's exactly what they are meaning to do. And a lot of people, and a lot of people are talking about it, and that's what they want. They want people talking about it around the water cooler Monday morning. They want people talking about it on Twitter. But it worked. We're sitting here. We are talking about it. And Rollins is still your champion going into Elimination Chamber. So the question is, where do we go from here? Are the Mega Powers done? I hope not. I hope we continue to see antics out of... Uh, Curtis Axel and Damian Sandow in this vein. I saw some great WWE app stuff of them basically they're trying to prep to shake hands through multiple, multiple times and Eden Styles trying to like get an interview with them. Amazing stuff. Uh, where does Bray Wyatt go from here? That's a good question because Bray Wyatt's motivations are mysterious. But we've also seen that Luke Harper and Eric Rowan have reunited. Do we see a 
full reunion with Bray Wyatt. That'd be cool. I don't know if we'll see it yet. Maybe I would really love to see like the Wyatt family versus the Shield, and plus one on each of those, and then have something at like Survivor Series. That would be pretty cool. Uh, John Cena is going to be continuing his U.S. title open challenges. Uh, here's one thing that I think people have lost sight of. I know a lot of people are not happy with the John Cena open challenge that he's basically fighting all these guys, and he's defeating all of them. He's defeated Ambrose, Stardust, uh, Neville. The list goes on and on, the number of people he's actually done for this. But keep in mind, folks, every single one of those people has taken Cena to the limit. They've kicked out of the attitude adjustment. They've had two and three-quarter falls on Cena. So, they don't come out of those matches looking any worse than they went in. And if anything, it's making Cena more human. We are slowly wearing down the facade of Super Cena and bringing back the mortal man behind the ma well behind the gimmick. Uh, what goes on with the Divas title? Is Naomi going to get a Divas title shot after this? Probably. But Paige is coming back as well. So maybe it's Naomi faces Nikki this week on Raw post-match. We see Paige come back, try to get her revenge for getting uh, beat up a few weeks ago when she had to go off and film her movie. We'll find out. Uh, where are we going with Neville versus Barrett? So, I... I don't get why they're still fighting. I know they had a great King of the Ring match. I know they've had this match now. Uh, maybe this is Neville being put in the IC title mix. We'll have to see. Uh, Elimination Chamber. Who's gonna face? Ro or who will Rollins face? Will we have a actual Elimination Chamber style match for the title? We've got the Shield. We've got Orton. Who else do you put in that mix? You know, I really don't know at this point. Maybe Bray, maybe Kane? Um, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, I guess the last few things I wanted to say is uh, the overall presentation of tonight's show, we have uh, Eden Styles and JoJo were doing the ring announcing because Lillian Garcia is still out. Um, and they did a hell of a job. I know, like, before when she's been out and they didn't have people sort of set on standby to be able to take her place, it's been rough. But at this point, they just step in and it just works. On sort of that same note, every time I watch any of these pre-shows, I keep asking myself over and over again, why don't we see Renee Young on more things? Why isn't she someone we see as a regular face on Raw? Smackdown... She used to do commentary for NXT. I think she is their next big breakout sort of personality. And I really look forward to seeing where she's going to go. Uh, and the last little bit is, someone was trying to describe why WWE Payback worked so well. Because it on paper, it didn't look a lot going in. But what the WWE did is they under-promised, and they over-delivered. They didn't promise you this is going to be an amazing pay-per-view. They didn't say, hey, all this awesome stuff's going to happen. 
all they said is like, hey, here's the people that are going to be facing each other. We had some build for it. We know why they dislike each other. What's going on? And when they showed up, they all wrestled their tails off and they put on a hell of a match. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. For information on future episodes, please follow me on Twitter at Major underscore Rampage. I also want to thank Kyle and Oliver for our theme song, which is their acoustic cover of Randy Orton's voices. You can find them on YouTube at Kyle and Oliver, all one word. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. We can keep growing. Thank you very much. Your attention rising. I-